And now it's time for the UP's favorite live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, presented by John's Auto Marquette. Here's Blake Froling. What's going on, Marquette? Thanks so much for joining us here on The Sports Pen. Blake Froling and Rachel Zerby with you here. Got a lot to get to. We'll talk some NMU volleyball, some football, too. A little uh, quarterback, did you say controversy? Maybe? Maybe. Getting there? Yeah. Possibly. We'll Maybe. get to some of that. Uh, interesting night in Detroit coming up on Monday. Tell you why it's so interesting. Uh, a new idea or a new business, I guess you could say, in minor league baseball that caught my attention. We'll also talk a little high school football, take a look ahead to this week's action on Friday night. First, though, I have a little bit of an announcement. This week will be my last at ESPN-UP. Friday will be my last sports pen. I'll be doing the Westwood game, and then the coaches show Saturday morning. Tune in, 9 a.m. on ESPN-UP and the free ESPN-UP app with Ryan Stieg. And then that, that'll that be it. I'll be done here at ESPN-UP. I can't officially say where I'm going next. That'll be on Friday. I'll be able to make that announcement, but just want to let everybody know. There'll be someone else coming in after me. Who knows if they'll be as good, right? Uh, Probably not. That's pretty tough. got some big shoes to fill. Right. So, but uh, it's kind of weird. This will be my, I only have two more shows after this. Our last show together. Yeah. You really started the show with a damper. Sorry. I'm tell you. I know. Now I'm sad. I'm sorry. It's okay. I had to get it out there. It'll be a good last show though. Yeah. We got to make it good. We got to end on a good note. So let's get to it. Let's start first with NMU football. They went down to McKendry and lost over the weekend. We weren't able to get to it yesterday. Uh, they lost, uh, what was the score? 34-28. A lot of scoring in the fourth quarter, actually. There were 38 points combined. They were just like, eh, we'll just wait till the fourth quarter, get they it all out of the way. Just had to warm up those three other quarters. Yeah. Apparently <laughs> First it was... game, get all the jitters out. Right, yeah, that's what always yeah. happens. You know, bugs in the offense, whatever it is. Apparently it was super hot there, too. Like low 90s yeah. and humid. Mm-hmm. Coach Nystrom said it was like 100 degrees on the field. People were cramping all over the place. Glad mm-hmm. I didn't have to yeah, wear pads on Saturday. not side ideal line. playing conditions. No. Tough to simulate here in Marquette, mm-hmm. too. When Especially it's when it's 60 degrees out already. <laughs> 60 and rain yeah. every day, it uh-huh. seems like, for the past week. We mentioned the quarterbacks because it was not the man we expected to be under center for most of the game. We expected Ryan Johnson. He played a l- very little bit, uh, had an injury, I believe. Uh, it was actually Latrell Giles that played most of the game. He went 10 of 18. 176 yards and a touchdown. Also rushed for 97 yards and a touchdown. So more of a dual threat than Ryan Johnson. So we teased it before. Is there a little bit of a controversy? I don't think so. It sounds like Latrell's going to be the guy. Okay. I mean, as of now. Heading into week two, I guess. Right. It sounds like, right. Seems kind of exciting to have a guy like this that has this oh, yeah. kind of skill set, a little bit different than what enemies mm-hmm. used to. So uh, opens up the offense. I think one of the biggest benefits of having a dual threat guy like Giles is it, it takes the pressure off of Jake Mayon. So exactly. he doesn't have to be the only one yeah. to run the ball now. Which is nice. Yes, even though he's the best one to yeah. run the ball. I mean, because once they shut down Jake, what? What are you going to do? That's like a win right there. Right. They, nobody <laughs> has really been able to do it much, though. 
in his career. He had 173 yards and a touchdown on 27 carries, so he was pretty reliable, even though uh, no other running back rushed for more than 12 yards. So it was him and Giles, and that was it. 12 for DeAndre Caldwell, three for Deontay Young, two for quarterback Ryan Johnson, and then the third-string quarterback, Cole Steely, came in when Giles had a hand cramp and rushed two times for negative two yards. Probably a sack, if yeah, I had to guess. probably. So uh, it was an interesting day at McKendry, but competitive game nonetheless against a team mm-hmm. that was projected to believe I finished second in their conference. So I think even though it's a loss, it has to be encouraging for NMU fans. Yeah, I mean, they won the fourth quarter, so if they just show up the other three, they would be fine. I mean, like Kyle was saying in his press conference, they just left a lot. What He said like 21 points or so they left on the field. They just threw away. Not good. And no. you know what? Speaking of that, I have that clip for you. Ooh. I've got a little bit of everything. Clips of what Kyle Nystrom had to say at his press conference yesterday. I can't play the whole thing because it would take the whole show, it seems like. <laughs> but uh, he's always very informative and very thorough with mm-hmm. everything he has to tell us. So here's what Coach Nystrom had to say to us. You never know what you're going to get in the first game. Like I said, you you expect the best to prepare, prepare for the worst, and we did. It was a heck of a game. I mean, it was a slug out, man. It was physical, and uh, it was 7-7 at halftime. And um, But Mike's done a good job with that program. I mean, they're... They're a legit contender. I, I, I would say they'll give Indy all, the, all that they want in the chase for that conference. And so, um, But looking back at the game, our goals for, for the team were for offense, hey, we got to have ball security, which we did have good ball security until the end there when Cole threw the pick. And then um, you know, we wanted to rush the ball for 150-plus, pass the ball for 150-plus, have some balance. We did that. Um, and... Um, you know, also part of the goals in that game were avoid critical and costly penalties. We didn't do that. We had two touchdowns called back on holding. And when you play on the road, when the window and the door of opportunity open up for you, you got to run through. You can't shut it on yourself. And we did that. And then we had a fourth and goal six inches. Then they, you know, we, we got in bunch and they just ran what I call bunch double uh, pinch double stinger and. Um, they got away with it. They brought the stinger from the outside of the bunch and nobody blocked him and he hit Jake in the ankles before, before he could, as soon as he got the ball, he got to block that. And it's six inches. And, um, and uh, so we left, there's 21 points. And then we missed a, a field goal from spotted at the eight yard line. And 24 points, 24 points. We just went like, whoop, throw it in the street. Can't do that. Not on the road. You can't, you can't overcome those kind of mistakes. That's what cost us the game. We did the best we could do to prepare to go down there. I think it was 89, but it was well over 100 on the field, and it was, it was humid. And even McKendry's defense, they were gassed. And so we had all kinds of cramping problems, and I knew it was going to happen. But, you know, where we're located, there's nothing I can do to get around it. And the only thing you can do is shut the doors in the dome and crank up the heat, but, you know, that costs too much money, so we don't have that option. I asked. <laughs> but, um, you know... And I knew it was going to happen. We traveled 58 players. We played 53 players. And then I, to be honest with you, I got to go back up in the box. I've had a lot of, a lot of people telling me, you got to be on the boundary coach. It's, you know, it's just, you know, that's, that's your team. That's your thing. And 
I, I can't do my job on Saturday from the boundary. You know, di- the dynamic of Division II football is very different than from what people watch in Division I or 1AA. You know, we don't have the luxury of having the staffs that where the coach just walks around with a headset on and just kind of manages people. I don't, we don't have that luxury in D2. Some people do. We don't. You know, so I got to call the defense, and I'm not as good on the boundary as I am up in the box because it's a chess game. Coach Nystrom also talked about the two main quarterbacks that NMU has, Ryan Johnson and Luttrell Giles. Johnson played very sparingly in the first game, while Giles had a pretty good afternoon. Ryan will be back, though. Ryan will be back, but uh, I was happy with Luttrell. Like I've been telling the, telling you guys the previous two meetings, he, he's a good player. I, either one of them can play. It's not There's no fall-off, okay? So don't worry. And... Uh, as you see, Latrell can do some different things. You know, he, he'll get out and run on you and do some other stuff. So he opens up a few other dynamics in the offense than um, what you can do with somebody that doesn't have the athleticism he does. So he'll be fine. He's ready to go. That was Coach Kyle Nystrom, head football coach for NMU, talking at the press conference yesterday, talked a little bit about the quarterback situation. I thought it was interesting how last year he was coaching exclusively from the booth because he also coaches the defense. Mm-hmm. Tried to make the switch to the field this year like like a lot of coaches and then said he, he just couldn't do it because it's not the same in D2. Yeah, that was interesting. I honestly didn't even know that it was like mm-hmm. that in Division Two football. But right. It's like an interesting, I guess, fact you could say. Right, because he doesn't have the luxury yeah. of just kind of being a – I don't know, a CEO mm-hmm. of a team, I think, is a good way to put it. A lot of coaches in D1 and NFL especially, not that they don't do anything, but they don't have yeah. as much specific mm-hmm. play-by-play things to do as, as a lot of... Yeah, he has a lot more on his plate. Right. Like he said, he can't just manage them. He literally has to be, like, the guy. Right. He has to be the yeah. guy and then just didn't work out. A lot of those adjustments... Maybe, who knows, maybe things would have been different if he was back up in the booth. Yeah. I'm sure he was thinking that as well. So he makes that switch. It just, the thing that stands out to me is that they played, what, 53 players mm-hmm. out of 58. That's crazy. That's a lot. That's, like, kind of concerning to me because, to me, that shows you don't really know what what's going on, who has talent, who doesn't. And, like, I, I feel like game one, that's not where you play all your players. That's You hopefully have it figured right, out yeah, before like then. Yeah, like scrimmages or mm-hmm. exhibition games and all that, but... I don't know. It sounds like there's talent on the team, but just trying to time find will it. Tell. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and the Heat probably had something to do oh, with yeah. that too, trying to keep guys fresh. But I do think there is a little element of trying to find mm-hmm. who is going to be the starter. I think you would hope he, he's going to have that whittled down, maybe by this week or at least within the next yeah, week I or mean, two. Yeah, I mean, they'll figure it out. But mm-hmm. that just really stood out to me. I've never heard of that before. <laughs> it was kind of similar to. It kind of happened, maybe not to that extreme, but we saw it a lot last year where he'd play a lot of true freshmen, redshirt mm-hmm. freshmen, uh, you know, underclassmen, just because it was a new program. He just needed to see what he had. Yeah, I mean, you're only going to be able to tell the talent in a like real game when they're actually on the line when there's pressure so mm-hmm. in a way it's beneficial but then again it's not right and, and it's not like the expectations are undefeated exactly. season uh-huh. go to the playoffs or anything like that so he's uh, kind of afforded mm-hmm. a little bit of time to, to figure that out too yeah so we also talked with uh nmu volleyball player sarah coon she's a junior on the team volleyball are they the best team at NMU right now? I mean, easily. 8-0. and Defeat knocked off the number one team in Division Two. I mean, it doesn't big. get much better than that. Sam Ali probably wasn't that yeah, happy. It was no. Minnesota Duluth. 
Uh, they beat them three three games to one. Um, Tech also beat yeah, them too. That UP power, hmm. right? O- overrated? Were they overrated <laughs> early? Possibly. Uh, they also finished out uh, the weekend beating Bemidji State three nothing and St. Cloud State three to one. So they played now on Friday against Lake State on the road. Saturday uh, against Saginaw Valley. Then the big matchup comes next Tuesday against Michigan Tech. Again, like we said, also beat the number one mm-hmm. team. It's a pretty exciting matchup there. Yeah, especially if NMU can win their two matches this weekend mm-hmm. and still go into Tech undefeated. I mean, Tech's going to be hungry to knock them off. What's better than giving your rival their first loss? Right, exactly. <laughs> and so when we talked to Sarah, uh, the basically the feeling was the two teams in between are not as good, mm-hmm. but you don't want to overlook them at the same time because that's when you lose. Yeah, I was going to say, those are the ones that come to bite you. Because mm-hmm. Tra- everyone sees you have zero losses. They just want to give you the first one. Yep. And yep. every like now NMU's the team to beat. Yep. Big target on their backs. Mm-hmm. So here's a little bit of our chat with Sarah Kuhn. Eight, no, there's I mean nothing better right now. Um, we really couldn't have asked for a better start to our season. And I would say even... Um, the little bit of adversity we have felt, we, we've struggled uh, in three, um, on our third games in matches. Uh, we haven't been doing very well in those. So there are definitely still things to work on. It hasn't been um, all rainbows and butterflies. But 8-0 uh, no sounds great. So we're really happy about it. It's exciting. I mean, first and foremost, we have to take care of business this weekend. Um, like you said, I mean, we don't have to be too concerned. But always, I mean, every team's going to give us their best shot um, the way we've been playing. Um, we're going to be a game, big game for every team that comes out and plays against us. So um, we have to take care of business uh, with Lake State and Saginaw both. Um, and then looking forward to Tuesday with Michigan Tech, it is, it's exciting. Um, the rivalry in and of itself pulls in insane amounts of fans, which is just so exciting to play for. Um, but more than anything, we just have to play our game. Um, they're looking good this year. I mean, there's no doubt about it. They had a huge win against Duluth, as did we. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think, I mean, if we, if we play our game, stick to our system, we're going to be okay. Um, it's going to be a dogfight. There's no doubt about that. Uh, it's probably, I mean, long game, long rallies are to be expected for sure. Um, but we've been practicing hard. The girls have been, I mean, all of us have been going to work during practice. Um, and our coaches have been doing a really great job preparing us. So we're just looking forward to it. We're super excited. Um, yeah, it's a big game. The environment, I, our team has just come together this year. Um, truly everyone's, everyone's just putting forth their best, their best effort every day. Um, I would say that our main strength right now is just playing as a team and everyone's contributing. Like we don't have that one standout. We have girls that are coming out to play every game. Um, and like our outsides, they're getting it done. Leticia and Autumn have hit insanely high numbers, um, in almost all of our matches, Maggie Liebeck, she is having a phenomenal start to her season, especially coming off of not really playing ever consistently um, just because of injury. So that's so exciting. Um, I think she really got the ball moving for us at the beginning of the year, for sure. Um, our defense is phenomenal right now. Like, they, they're our bread and butter. Like, when they are on, we are on. And so I, I don't know. I think that just as a team overall, everyone's contributing, and that's our strength. It's just that we all play together, and we don't need – I mean, if someone has a slightly off game, someone else is picking it up, and that's, that's what's exciting to see. So that was Sarah Kuhn of the NMU volleyball team talking about the team's 
hot start. So again, they have a couple matches on the weekend. Then the home matchup on Tuesday against Michigan Tech. That'll be electric. Yes. I'm excited. Big time matchup. <laughs> uh, prime time. That's like we said. As of right now, they're the best mm-hmm. team at NMU until someone else knocks exactly. them off. Exactly. Right. Eight and zero. They're nationally ranked now. After beating Duluth, I would imagine that'll go way up. Oh, yeah. They got a good thing going down there. Mm-hmm. See how long they can keep it up. When we come back, we'll talk about the exciting, busy, crazy day going on in Detroit on Monday. I'll tell you why it's so busy, crazy, exciting right after this. Now back to the sports pen. Here's Blake Froling. Play the $100,000 Pigskin Payday all season long at Ojibwe Casino, Barriga, and Marquette. Blake Froling, Rachel Zerby with you here on the Sports Pen. We're presented by John's Auto Marquette. Busy, exciting, crazy day going on <laughs> Monday in downtown Detroit for a couple of reasons. You have the Lions opening the season Monday night against the Jets. Probably going to be a loss because that's a Lions way. <laughs> oh, so optimistic. Yep, you know me. <laughs> and then, at the same time, you had the Tigers playing against the Houston Astros. Not only are they playing against the Houston Astros, they are likely going to be facing Justin Verlander for the first time at Comerica Park. So that exciting, thrilling, busy Monday sounds like it's going to be a very upsetting day in Detroit. Oh, <laughs> could be two losses. That would be very disappointing. But it could be two wins. It could be. That would be that would be like winning the Super Bowl. Pretty much. As close as the Detroit will ever <laughs> yeah. get to a Super Bowl, right? So the Tigers game, I believe, starts at 6-10. And then the Lions game starts at 7-10. If you had the opportunity to go down there for just one of the games, which one would you pick? The Lions, easily. Easily? Why? Because it's opening night. Football. Like, baseball, the baseball season, the Tigers baseball season is dead true you know but it's the jets it doesn't but still me. i don't know Same. if i had the cho- i'd rather watch football than baseball live okay i would probably pick the tigers because i i, I get your you're logic. also a tigers fan though i like both teams yeah if it was just a regular tigers game versus a regular lions game i'm picking the lions yeah but because it's justin verlander coming back that, that honestly that game might sell out it might be the first Seriously? sellout yeah oh yeah Justin Verlander coming back for the first time. It's going to get a huge ovation. And then the Tigers are going to try even <laughs> harder to beat him. They they knocked him around surprisingly yeah, in Houston before the All-Star break. So, I mean, that is must-see TV for me, at least. I haven't, I can't remember the last time I watched a full Tigers game start to finish. I don't think I've done that once all season. And but this would be one that I would actually do that. It's kind of surprising to me. Well, I don't know. I just don't see it. opening night of football. Come on, it's, it's football. It's big. But I guess Monday night, it's big. No, no, know. it's it's close. I'm not yeah. saying it's 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 an easy decision, but it's a huge night for the city of Detroit. I'm just worried that because it's the Jets and because. They're starting the youngest rookie, I think, since, what, like 1950, I think they said. Still only 21. That is just the perfect recipe for the Lions choking on the national stage. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All reasonable logic would say those things add up to a big win for the Lions, right? 
for any other team. But still, you, in a way, you could say, like, oh, like, I was in the stands to witness history. The Jets are the youngest quarterbacks in so-and-so. True. Whereas, like, you spend money on Tigers baseball in middle of September, where it means nothing. Like, I get Justin Verlander's coming back. That's cool, but I don't know. I'd, it's a tough I one. can't really see your logic behind it, if I'm now, being completely honest. It's all right. At the same time, <laughs> if Sam Darnold goes on to be a Hall of Famer, you could say you were at his first game. Exactly. Well, that's a, it's a bit of a dilemma now. Maybe here's what you. What do. are ticket prices? Though? Uh, Does that is that a factor? Well, I mean, NFL is obviously going to be a hundred times more expensive. But... In this hypothetical, it was not a factor. But okay. if you throw ticket prices in, there's no way I can go to the Lions <laughs> game. I mean, you. Yeah. I, I'm guessing. You could probably sit like behind home plate at a, the Tigers game for the same price as sitting in the nosebleeds. nosebleeds. <laughs> That's <the> yep. <laughs> Let's check StubHub. I'm mm. I'm guessing it's going to be at least eighty dollars to get in the door for the Lions game. That's just what I'm expecting. Yeah. That's even for a regular game, but Monday night home opener. Oh, I don't know. This is going to be tough. Jets at Lions. Oh, look at that. You can actually get in for forty nine dollars on StubHub. That's so cheap. I was expecting at least $100. Upper end zone, level 315, row 12, which is the very top corner, $48 each. Just bring some binoculars. You'll yeah. be fine. That's not bad. That, that is actually very surprising to me. Maybe it's because the Jets aren't that good, but there's a lot of tickets, 50, 51. I mean, hmm. I mean, they're all... These Lions fans, not faithful. Not faithful. Hmm. I mean, they're all upper deck bad seats but, but still. still and then you get... everything's better live oh 100 percent, definitely agree yeah surprising now i wonder what they are for this tigers game because it's probably still... like 15 i don't know because if justin verlander's back in town the prices are gonna go up right but the question is is it i don't know if it's guaranteed that he's going to yeah how disappointing play. what if <laughs> Knowing you're lucky, he'd probably buy tickets to the Tigers game, and he would like hurt his hand in like the locker room before and Have like a not blister pitch. or something. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, that would be Monday, September 10th. This is. I almost don't want to read it. It's too embarrassing. Five dollars, eight dollars, ten dollars, six dollars. No. <laughs> what standing room only or like? No, no. These are regular first seats. First row. Not two hundred level. <laughs> Upper box, 334, row two, $6. $6. Wow. There's a lot of $6 tickets, too. I'm looking at this. $7. I'm about to take the day off on Monday and go down to Detroit. So so because of this, here's what I might do. Since the the Tigers game starts an hour early, Mm -hmm. you buy a $6 ticket. Go watch the Tigers for maybe two innings. Ooh, yeah. Get to see the beginning, the yeah. exciting part uh-huh. when Justin Verlander comes out. Then you leave and go to the Lions game. That's smart. I mean, it only costs you six bucks. Exactly. It'd still, it'd still be like an under one hundred dollar day. Mm-hmm. That's kind of that's a bargain, right? I might have to do that. Yeah. Why not? So <laughs> that's going to be exciting. It's a big day for Detroit sports. Do you think the Lions are going to win? I think they will. I I'm, I kind of hope they – I mean, it's the Jets. If you can't knock around a 21-year-old quarterback, I don't care how good he is. He's 21 playing in his first NFL game. Like, 
I'd be kind of worried. Yeah. Like, I, the defense has to light him up. Well, the defense hasn't lit anybody up <laughs> yeah. so far in the preseason. And I know it's just preseason, but I got a little more concerned. Because, like, you got to – I mean, if I'm a defender, if you're, like, a vet, so to say, and there's a 21-year-old dude under center, like, all eyes are on him. Right. And it's not like the Jets yeah. have the best offensive mm-hmm. line in the world. I don't even know who their running backs are anymore. I don't even know who's on the Jets. Sam Darnold. <laughs> see. There was, um, I don't, I totally forget his name because he's irrelevant now. There was the Robbie Anderson Robbie from Anderson. Temple was, but then he oh, got in so much trouble. He's still on the team. He's still on it. Yep. Saw him oh, in my fantasy draft last okay. night. Uh, let's see. What else? Is Bilal Powell still on the team? You're asking the wrong person. The only reason I know these names is because of fantasy football. Isn't, who, who's the coach? Todd Bowles. Okay, yeah, he's another. Very I should have known that. boring person. He's from, he went to Temple, I think, or coached Did he something really? like that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's why, like, all these Temple people get chances on for the Jets. Ah, okay. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Interesting. He could have, uh, they could have used his help on Saturday, couldn't they? <laughs> yeah, let's not talk about that. I'm embarrassed. Well, you don't want to talk about I'm them losing so to an FCS team? Not only that, but Villanova. How do you lose to Villanova in football? Like, that is the most embarrassing thing ever. It's pretty bad. It's pathetic. At least, <laughs> I think it was more embarrassing that Penn State almost lost to App State at home. I was so mad when they won in yeah. overtime. If Penn State would have lost, it would have made the Temple loss a lot less. Okay, we're not that bad. You know? Right. But it made us feel a little better, but... Validate. I don't know, Penn State's still overrated, yep. and that just confirmed it. We've both been saying uh-huh. it throughout the preseason. Then they almost lose there. It was on the, was it the 11-year mm-hmm. anniversary of them beating Michigan, too? It was destiny. It was supposed to happen. I wish it would have. That would have been cool. Man, that would have been so good. That, that would have been great. Yeah. Uh, but getting back to the NFL, one of the things we also talked about happened over the weekend was Khalil Mack going to the Chicago Bears. Now, as a Vikings fan... <sighs> Does this worry you? Yeah. A lot? Yeah. Because we had a Packers fan in here yesterday, and he said he was not worried at all. Who? Jake? No, it was not Jake. Oh. It was Charlie. He came in, wasn't worried at all, talking about how great the Packers offensive line is, blah, blah, blah. Not No, not worried I'm worried because the Vikings offensive line is never, like, that good. And, like, Kirk Cousins back there, like, I have. I'm nervous. I'm scared. What's wrong with Kirk Cousins? What are you trying to no, say? No, nothing. I'm just saying, like, I don't know. I don't know. It's all. It I just scary. need to watch him under the first game. But yeah. Yeah. Cleo, I'm scared. Anytime you get an elite defensive player coming into the division, it has to be scary. Mm-hmm. I mean, Aaron Rodgers found out what happens when you have an elite defensive player in. And so I would, as a Packers fan, I would I, be concerned. Oh, yeah. I don't think I wouldn't be concerned in that the Bears are now going to win the division. Oh, no, absolutely not. But, but just the fact that Mac is there, uh-huh. I would be afraid for my quarterback, for anybody's quarterback. And they literally opened the, the Packers open the season against, yeah, the, against Bears. the Bears. It's going to be interesting. If anything, that would be the best time to play them because mm-hmm. was he been? He hasn't even been there for a week, so yeah, he'll. He's. They said he'll play. He'll be on a snap count, so that's the best time to get him mm-hmm. when he hasn't been in training camp the whole time. But once you get into the season, a couple of weeks, that's when if he hits his stride, things can get a little dicey. Yeah, like when was that Sunday Saturday? Saturday I woke up and that was like the first thing I saw and I was like, better what, than not what I want to see. Was it was better than him going to the Packers though? Wouldn't oh you yeah. Agree? Oh, if he went to the Packers, I probably would have just like jumped out of my apartment. Just quit the NFL yeah. season. We're done. 
we don't need this. Uh, also, here's an interesting stat I found out yesterday. After cuts, official cut day, so all the teams are at 53-man right now. Uh, someone at the, I think it was at the Free Press, analyzed the Lions roster. There are nine former Patriots currently in the fold for the Lions. The Detroit Lions are the like the scrub <laughs> New England Patriots. They just take all their rejects. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what? They just mm. signed Marquise Flowers, a linebacker that, that the Patriots cut. See, here's my thing with the Patriots. If they want to make a trade with you and request a player, I'm immediately saying no and promoting that player to being a starter. Because mm-hmm. they see something in that player that is good that you're obviously missing. But when they cut someone... They do it for a reason. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there are some, but are there really any notable Patriots that get cut that go on to have great careers? No. To have nine of them on no. well, on the practice squad? No. Or the, the uh, some some are on the practice squad. Uh, okay. Most are on the actual roster. I think it's like six three or something like that. But still, nine of them, and it seems like half their trades are all with the uh-huh. Patriots too. That's Didn't annoying. It is annoying. You're the reject Patriots. Yeah. And it's not even really working. <laughs> not working at all. When is Bob Quinn going to move on and say, maybe we should make trades with people other than my friends? Yeah, do they know uh, there's other teams in the NFL? Apparently not. They're still working on that. They can only get their coaches and their players from the Patriots, I guess. Just the rejects, though. Sad. <laughs> it is sad. Oh. People like to say, oh, you should copy the Patriots, do what they do, copy their winning, and that'll come. No. That never works for anybody. Yeah. That's like something you can't copy. I'm like, you know? That's why the Patriots are the only <laughs> ones to be that yeah. successful for that long. That's it's ridiculous. The 49ers, I don't know if you heard this, they tried to copy the Patriots. They asked for Tom Brady in a trade. <laughs> Patriots surprisingly said no yeah not surprised so they got jimmy garoppolo instead tom brady 2.0 maybe how crazy would that have been if patriots like yeah yeah you could have tom brady <laughs> the reason we haven't traded is no one's asked uh-huh. they just figured he was off the table no we want to get could rid you of him. imagine tom brady in a 49ers uniform <sighs> that'd be weird that would be very weird that's where he grew up he grew up as a fan of the 49ers oh so, been a little so i'm surprised reunion. he didn't like do like the decision like mm. i'm coming home oh that would have been fun yeah get away from the patriots that would have we would have been talking about that for years yes that would have been amazing <laughs> yeah except it probably would have worked out so well for the patriots mm-hmm. jimmy g would be the next tom brady just because that's how it works yeah. <laughs> <sighs> but man what do you think that would have to it would have to take in return for a tom brady trade the whole team <laughs> but he's what is he 41 no. i don't know i mean Depends what team they're trade like. They would make the trade for. What if he just gets exposed as being a system quarterback? Hmm. Hasn't done anything outside the Patriots system. Um, you know, if he went yeah. to a different team, would he be as good? I don't think so. I don't. Know. Yeah, I've never really thought it because I just. I mean, Tom Brady. He's just like the New England Patriot. Right. You know, I've never really thought about that. What would he do outside? Hmm? I don't know. Jury's still out. Interesting. I don't know if I'll ever find out, though. No. No. Unfortunately. What it, even what would he do with the Patriots without Bill Belichick? That's another thing. Those two have always been together. What would Bill Belichick have done without Brady? I don't know. So, like, if Tom Brady retires, will Bill retire? Like, if Bill Seems quits, like a package will, deal. Like, Tom Brady? Yeah. I think so. 
So like how, how many years do we have? Well, I mean, we would have figured by now it'd be over, <laughs> but it's not. I honestly have no idea. Maybe if they go to the Super Bowl this year, he needs to just end it. If they win it, I think he'll end it. Yeah. If they lose, but Kenny, does he still have another year in him to? I mean, I guess all he really does is throw football. <laughs> yeah, he's not mobile. That's for sure. Yeah. I think he. I think he has less than a thousand yards rushing in his career, which, when you consider how long he's yeah. been in the NFL, is kind of astounding. And he can't catch the ball either. No. Nope. <laughs> Can't do that. So uh, hmm, a little overrated, maybe. I mean, my quarterback (laughs) needs to be able to catch the ball, too. You never know. All right, let's move on to the MLB. We'll talk a little bit about that when we come back. Uh, One company trying to shake up the minor leagues that caught my attention. We'll get to that after this here on the Sports Pen. Now back to the Sports Pen. Here's Blake Crowley. Play the $100,000 Big Scene Payday all season long at Ojibwa Casino, Barriga, and Marquette. A couple segments left here on the Sports Pen. Blake Froling, Rachel Zerby with you here. John's Auto Marquette is our presenting sponsor. MLB players get paid handsomely. Minor league players get nothing, which might surprise some people. Yeah. Um, I mean, I kind of knew. I knew they didn't really get paid much, but to the reading this article i was like wow they are literally like full-time employees but get paid minimum wage basically right they work over 40 hours a week and according to this article that we'll talk about in a second make less than a thousand dollars a month how are you supposed to survive on you can't and like people are at that age when you're in the minor league like you're probably starting a family like you probably honestly have college debt Mm -hmm. something like that yeah if you didn't get a scholarship like and then you see like the guys in MLB millionaires, and there you are. Right, guys like signing three hundred million yeah. dollar contracts, and you're getting five hundred a week or something like that. That's got to be frustrating. Mm-hmm. So, there's a company out that's trying to change that. They're called Big League Advance, and the idea being they will offer players a lump sum advance of money in return for a percentage of their future earnings. So, if you are a top prospect, but you need money now, they'll throw you $300,000. But in return, they'll ask for maybe 10% of your future earnings. So the risk being, if you make $200 million over the course of your career, you give them $20 million, but you only got a $350,000 lump sum. Mm -hmm. If you fizzle out, never even make the MLB, you give them $0.00. Because they only take your MLB earnings, and you get to keep that $350,000. So an interesting way to keep some minor league players afloat, but kind of a risk on both sides. Yeah. I like the idea behind it because something needs to like happen with these minor, minor leaguers, but I don't know. That's a risk. I, I don't know if I'd be willing to take it. Well, there was one player that took the risk and then said, uh, oh, wait, I actually don't want to do this anymore. Uh it was a catcher, a Francisco Mejia. He got $360,000 in return for a 10% stake in his eventual big league earnings. He sued the company, mm-hmm. saying they took advantage of him, saying he was financially illiterate, didn't understand what he was getting into. He lost and had to apologize and everything. But the idea is still there. 
It sounds like based on the article, they're not trying to prey on these guys. But if they're not, somebody else might be. And this could turn into a predatory loan. It's kind of could go both ways. I'm kind of surprised something like this is allowed to exist in a way. It's hard. I mean, what is the, what is baseball going to do to regulate it? It's kind of just like a loan. Yeah. I guess this isn't the NFL we're talking about because I feel like this would never. I mean, not that it's you like wouldn't the need same. it. Yeah, but like you know the, how the league is run. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but if you're okay, I'm kind of confused. So it, say you make whatever two hundred million, you owe them twenty million. Then right, it's a predetermined percentage based on. How big the lump yeah. sum is. So the bigger the lump sum, the bigger the percentage. So it's not always going to be 10%, but that was the example from Francisco Mejia. But if you don't make the major leagues, you get to keep the money? Yep, you get to keep the money. They only do the percentage based on your big league earnings. Okay. See, then I feel like this isn't really like risky. And If you're making $200 million, what's $20 million to give away? Good point, I guess. I'd like to have that problem. <laughs> But, I mean, still $20 million to give away is a lot of money. It's a lot of money. It's going to hurt. It would only – honestly, it would only hurt those superstars. Yeah. Because if you make a modest income, then uh-huh. it's probably going to match up pretty yeah. closely to what you gave mm-hmm. away in the first place. So I think this is a great idea. Yeah, I, I really do too. And I saw in the article he was saying how it wasn't really like made public. But, I mean, because I obviously had no idea this was mm-hmm. going on. But I like I like this. I feel like more people need to get on board. Yeah, this is a good idea. I wonder if this would translate to other sports as well that have the minor like the league G systems. League. G League? G League would yeah, be a great one. that would one. be good because they don't get paid anything either. No, no. If they're just signed uh-huh. to a two-way contract or just a specific G League contract, was it like $30,000 a year? It's pathetic. It is pathetic. Yeah. So give those guys a boost. And like these are the guys that play day after day, travel, don't, have, don't go on – jets and like nope buses yeah everywhere people say well they're playing sports so what what do you expect well it's still a living you still mm-hmm. have to work hard every day at it half the time they work harder because they're trying to make it and right they don't get paid at all exactly so they sign 123 players this company and they have a model that they use to predict who is going to be good because obviously you don't mm-hmm. want to sign only scrubs because then you're just basically giving away money. Yeah. Uh, basically, they use a number of data points to forecast their big league careers and salaries. Um, and apparent, and uh, 75% of their signees were not ranked within the top 300 when they signed. So they're looking for those diamonds in the rough that they hope will explode and make them some money. They got to be doing a lot of research to find those guys. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure a lot of teams want to know that yeah. data so they can unearth uh-huh. some of those guys as well. But I, I think this shouldn't have to exist because these players shouldn't be exploited. Exactly. I think the MLB got a ruling, is it from Congress or something, protecting them from having to pl- pay fair wages or something called the America's Pastime. Oh, yeah. Protect our yeah. pastime. I mean, as they should. Like, it's sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, these people are just trying to chase their dreams and they just they just get no money yeah. they have to work second jobs especially when you work for a comp or a league that just throws i mean millionaires right billions yeah millions. The, the mlb makes billions of dollars yeah. a year and they say they can't afford to pay a guy more than minimum wage it's pathetic and then you get teams who keep certain players in the minors because they don't want them mm-hmm. to go to free agency a year earlier so they're stuck doing that 
And, you know, it's it just hurts the players that minor leaguers aren't allowed to have a union right now. So it seems like while all the other leagues have caught up, the, the, the minor league baseball is just kind of in the dark ages right now. And does this work for single, double, and triple A? Yep. Okay. Anybody in the minor league system all right. gets to use this. So it's a good idea, but shouldn't have to exist exactly. in the first place, yeah. I feel like. Just pay the players. Just the pay right the way. players, right? Not a big deal. Not even, you don't even have to pay them millions. Just pay them, like, a living salary. I don't know, like $50,000 <laughs> yeah. a year or something like that? Is that I, really that hard? No, I think they can do it. I think they'd be able to figure that mm-hmm. out, especially when they're making, exactly. I, I don't know what the revenue was, but at least $5 billion. Mm-hmm. That's really a drop in the bucket for a lot of these guys. Speaking of the MLB, the Brewers, I don't know if you saw this, they blew out the Cubs last night, 11-1. to 1. And do you know how the Cubs fans like to, quote, fly the W after wins? Milwaukee was flying the L. Flying they? the L. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Love it. I like that, too. I'm surprised no one's ever done this before. It's so obvious. I'm surprised Milwaukee ha- doesn't have, like, their own flags like, yeah. that they made. Yeah, just make it all yeah. L's. Whenever the Cubs come to town. That's beautiful. I mean, what better way for Milwaukee to beat them? One with like a a walk-off, air quotes, and then just absolutely smack them the next day. Very weird series. Yeah. I think they said the first seven runs in this game came on things other than a hit. (laughs) Interesting. How does that even happen? You know, wild pitch, hit by pitch, walks, you know, errors, things like that, all added up. I mean, it it was crazy. I don't even I mean any way you can get the runs, I guess. Yeah, exactly. So worked out for them. The Brewers have now cut the lead down in the division to three games. They are in control right now in the wild card. I don't think I've asked you this in a while, but are you feeling more confident about the Brewers' chances? I I am. If Christian Yelich keeps whatever he's got going on up, like I mean. He's on fire. Yeah, he's one of the And, like, the whole team is just, like, he's, like, I feel like the glue. I don't know. They're catching steam at the right time. Mm-hmm. I think this series against the Cubs is really what, I mean, they needed, obviously, to win. Right. That's but, the best way to cut down that lead yeah. is beat the Cubs, right? Yelich, I, I think he leads, since the All-Star break, I think he leads the NL or in the, all, all the MLB in hits, OPS, mm-hmm. RBI, Literally stuff every like category. That. People are saying MVP. He's kind of vaulted himself into that conversation. Yeah, I kind of thought, I always thought he was a hidden, not a hidden gem, so to say, but like kind of a little underrated because he's showing what, I mean, he's catching steam at the right time. It's about to be October and this dude is unstoppable. Right. I think he was underrated too because played Miami. Yeah. You have Giancarlo <laughs> Stanton and then nobody else cares uh-huh. about Miami. So he was, he was hidden there. The Brewers gave up a couple of good prospects, mm-hmm. but they all stink right now in Miami. So, I mean, this was an absolute steal for them. Mm-hmm. It's in 315, 27 homers, 85 RBIs, 934 OPS. He's got a war of about 5 right now. I mean, he's just tearing up. And then their other off-season acquisition, the big one, Lorenzo Cain mm-hmm. has been playing phenomenally as well. I mean, normally when teams go all in for a year, it backfires. It's going pretty well yeah, so far. So for the far, Brewers. so good. I might have to hop on that Brewers bandwagon. Yeah, might as well. There's no Tigers bandwagon. <laughs> Your Phillies <laughs> are a little shaky. Yeah, right they're kind of choking. I don't know. No one. 
I never mind. I'm not going to talk about the Phillies. Why? No, because I was just going to say, no one really expected them to have the season they're having. So in a way, it's disappointing that they're kind of collapsing at the time they are. But then it's also rewarding in a way. Cause, like, that they even got a, there. Yeah. Like, it makes me happy. But you did. they did go kind of all in, signed a couple big free yeah. agents, right? Uh, Jake Arrieta, who's the other guy? Was it Encarnacion or was it... Uh, Some Santana Carlos guy. Carlos Santana, yeah. okay. And then they got someone from the Mets who literally, I think a pitcher, no. Jose Bautista, I, was yeah. it? Oh, who literally just made his way around the NL. He's gone to, has he been to all the teams? Was he in Washington? I have no idea. He's kind of bounced he's around. One of, yeah, he's one of those who just bounces around. Talk about a guy whose career just absolutely mm-hmm. fell off the map. Was it two years ago he hit the, the dramatic home run in Toronto in the playoffs and then absolutely <laughs> nothing? Just gone crazy how that can happen yeah baseball's a weird sport <laughs> it is kind of happened to ryan yeah. howard too didn't it oh yeah he retired yep i that was surprising because i thought he'd retired three years ago yes honestly same <laughs> where were like you he, he wasn't playing baseball was he i don't think so that's why like yesterday or whatever day it was you're saying oh yeah i'm done I thought you were done after 2008. Maybe he's like, uh, my phone was always, yeah. you know, at the ready in case anyone wanted to uh-huh. call. Didn't shut that door. Three years goes by sitting on the couch. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's time to call it quits. Fun fact, I got his autograph on a glove at the Reading Phillies and threw it away. Why? Because it just, like, kind of sat in our garage. Like, it was a glove that we, like, used to play catch in the backyard. And then it just, like, disappeared one day. I could have made money off of that. You definitely could have made yeah. money off of it. Now, when did you get it signed? Like, oh, a while, a while back when he was in Double A. When he was in Double A, before- yeah, with the Reading, with the Reading Phillies. Oh. When I was probably five, I had no clue who Ryan Howard was. Are did you, you throw me? it away before he was good, like in the MLB? Probably. Wow. Now, if you had <laughs> sold it right after their World Series or something, I would have been a millionaire. Not right, quite. Millionaire, but... <laughs> that's a little stretch. I would have been out of student debt. Yeah, you would have. <laughs> that's a big mistake. Yeah, I yeah. really screwed up. I don't have any autographs from any real famous people. I wish I did. Yeah. I met Larry Brown one time at no a batting way. cage. So That would have been cool. Yeah. You didn't ask for his autograph? I think I got it on like a piece of paper oh, or something. I don't have it anymore. Yeah. I didn't have anything to sign. Like, you know, like sign my face yeah. or something. <laughs> Your shirt? Yeah, I was. Didn't do that. I was. I, don't know, I was like nine years yeah. old or something. So, yeah. Other than that, nothing. Nothing real big. Yeah, I don't think I don't have anyone else. I never have the like courage to ask somebody. Hey, mm-hmm. Can I have your autograph? Yeah, like, it's weird. It is kind of weird, but they're used to it. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, they just they just have like one thing after mm-hmm. another. They just sign. They just on. like scribble on it. Yeah. Write their like, number. <laughs> you don't even know who it is yeah. they, if they don't write the number. All right, we're gonna finish up. Finally here with some high school football. Take a little early look at some of the games coming up on Friday right after this. Now back to the sports pen. Here's Blake Froling. Play the $100,000 pigskin payday all season long at Ojibwa Casino, Barriga, and Marquette. Final segment of the afternoon. Blake Froling, Rachel Zerby with you here. Let's do a quick uh, little preview of what we've got coming up Friday night for high school football. I think we have two marquee matchups, at least in the area. We'll start 
and they're both undefeated teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have first at home, Ishpeming taking on Norway. Both teams undefeated. Coach Olsen said they always have some great battles back and forth over the years. And it seems like both teams finally match up at their peak at the same time. Yeah, that's definitely one I'm – well, I, I'll be there. Mm-hmm. One I'm looking forward to. I think that'll be a good test for Ishmuin because they – I mean, the first two teams they played haven't really been strong, I guess you could say. So, I don't know. It should play out interesting. This will definitely be their, their yeah. toughest t- toughest yeah. test. I mean, I think last week against Lakeland Hubble, they rushed for oh, over 400 yards. Yeah. Ridiculous. Wild. And Norway rushed for over 300 yards in their last game. So something's going to happen. Yeah. Something's going to give mm-hmm. there with those defenses. Ishpeming's has been very good, except for a couple big plays against Lakeland and Hubble. Coach Olsen says because of a, a different offense that they ran, but... If they limit the big plays, mm-hmm. they really haven't shown many holes. Yeah. So that'll be a big matchup to watch out for. That could have implications further down the line in terms of conference championships. Uh, the other one that features two undefeated teams are Westwood Patriots going to Calumet to take on the Copper Kings. That one you can hear, by the way, if you're wondering, <laughs> right here on ESPN-UP and the free ESPN-UP app available for iPhone and Android. We're going to have our pregame at 630 Kickoff at seven. Myself, Jared Koski will be on the call. You're gonna to want to tune into that, so you can. I'll listen. be tuned in. There you go. At the Ishpeming game, I'll be listening to you. Yeah, multitask. Yeah. Right there, you go. That's gonna be a fun matchup. Hopefully, better than the one last week against Iron Mountain, because that one disappointed me a little bit. It disappointed me too. I was ready for an exciting game, but I mean, the only thing I can get from that game is Westwood is legit. I think so. That was they kind are of a, very legit. Not that they had to prove it because they're one of the top teams mm-hmm. coming into the season, but that was a, a statement win. Yeah, I because think. I mean, coming off whatever they beat Houghton, Houghton like fifty-two or, or 40, forty-two nothing. Yeah, you can never tell when you demolish a team like that. But I thought Iron Mountain was kind of give gonna give them a run for their money, but no, nope. Westwood just completely dominated that game. No, nope. I couldn't even keep up with all the touchdowns. Yeah, it was crazy, right? <laughs> All the scoring happened in the quarter and a half. Yeah. And it was just nothing. Mm-hmm. So that, that also kind of stunk, too. Yeah. But, uh, you know, talking with Coach Sergela, he said the run blocking he saw in that game for Westwood was some of the best he's ever seen during his time with the Patriots. And when they're doing that, they already mm-hmm. had an effective run game. Throwing the best run blocking he's ever seen, that's going to be tough to stop. Yeah. I don't know if there's anyone that's going to stop Westwood. At the same time, Calumet. Absolutely True. blew out Nagani last week. We mm-hmm. thought that one's going to be a yeah. tight game too. No, I wish I could make the trip down to Calumet, but or up. I yeah, guess whatever. technically. I kind of just say everything down. Really? Yeah, you I'm do. one of those. I say up a lot, even if it's down. It's kind of weird. See, now that I moved up here because I'm so like up there, I just think everything's down. That does make sense. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, but, but like when my parents say they're going up north. For me, up north is still the lower peninsula, like the northern lower Uh peninsula. So if I say I'm going up north, I'm really going south the whole time. See, like from the UP, like to downstate, would you say I'm going down north or down south? (laughs) It was very confusing at first. I think I I just say I'm going downstate now. Okay. Even though it's still up north. People just, it's Mm -hmm. just... It shouldn't work that way. It's very confusing. Yeah, it's weird. Getting back to the high school football. (laughs) 
Marquette looking for its first win of the season at home against Sault Ste. Marie. They beat them 31-7 last year. Seems like a good opportunity for the Redmen to finally get on the board in the win column. Yeah, they need to get healthy too because two of their top players didn't even play down in, right. at Traverse City Central. So that's kind of concerning early in the season. But I, I guess you'd rather have the injuries now, now and have them come back. Yeah. Uh, that's Ethan Martish and Drew Gale. They were out last week. Not sure if they'll play this week. There's, I don't even know if they're sure yet, since they still have a couple of days until game time. But if they come back, they're a completely different team on both sides of the ball because they're both big playmakers. So you figured they could probably beat Sault Ste. Marie without them. But in terms of playoff chances, if they miss extended time, mm-hmm. it's going to get kind of difficult. And no one wants to start your season 0-3. No. That's a big like one and two sounds a lot better than zero oh and three. Right, That's especially to make the playoffs, then mm-hmm. you'd have to go what six and three to to just have a chance yeah. against a tough schedule. Don't want to dig yourself no. a hole there. Also, another game we've got going on, another zero oh and two team we mentioned, Nagani. They will be at home taking on undefeated Hancock, who has looked very impressive in their first two games. There's a lot of good matchups this Friday. Yeah, it's going to be a good week. Obviously, another must-win for Nagani. Yes, I would say. Because they need to get it together. Right. Jason Waterman, we're not sure if he'll be at 100% or not when he had the injury last week. So that'll be a big key, big question mark. If he's not 100%. Yeah, if he's not 100%, I mean, Nagani is not really anything. That's tough. When you take away the best player for any team, Mm -hmm. there's always going to be a big drop-off. And our final local game. Gwyn undefeated by virtue of uh, opening week win and then a forfeit by Manistique taking on the winless Lakeland and Hubble. I think Lakeland and Hubble is a little bit better than their record might indicate because they played two very good teams. Mm-hmm. So this could be a very interesting matchup. Yeah, I mean, they had they showed spurts against Ishpeming where they just, like you said, they were making big plays. Mm-hmm. 80 and, yard touchdown yeah, against that's them. all you need a big play and mm-hmm. it changes the game so that'll yeah. be another good matchup right i think so too gwyn looking to prove that the 2-0 mm-hmm. isn't just a fluke or a byproduct yeah. of a forfeit and they're looking to prove that they belong rebound from last year so good slate of games we can't always say that but yeah. it is definitely true i think this yeah. week. yeah so especially we- it's only week three but mm-hmm. i don't know it'll be exciting yeah things are heating a lot up. of statement wins can happen this week big time a big opportunity for that we're out of time though our last show together it's been real yeah thanks for coming on and spending an hour with thanks me thanks for a having week. me yeah and my nonsense yeah <laughs> hopefully you'll stick around after i leave maybe it won't be the same yeah you know that's to be expected yeah, though it's okay right so thanks again be fun. you're welcome you're listening to espn up wzam ishpeming marquette